So before we begin, uh, I would like to warn you that uh, while this is not necessarily an explicit podcast, we do swear a lot, and so parental guidance is suggested. And I might have to adjust that when I get around to talking about uh, school planners and back to school season in like a month or two. We will do a completely all ages show. There we go. Um, welcome to somehow. Yeah, somehow productivity alchemy uh, episode six. Woo! And this week we've got a fantastic interview lined up with our friend Carlotta, who's managing things on a big scale. So she's got to keep like lots of people and things organized and and lots of moving parts. It's pretty cool uh, how she does that, and I can't wait to. Uh, share that with you. In the meantime, let me start by saying um, last week was a short week. Uh, this week is what we will call a typical week for me, which means lots of meetings, lots of, of things. Um, an interesting side effect is I'm acting as the scrum master for one of the projects. Scrum master. Uh, yeah, it's it's part of the agile project methodology um, in that we get together and we figure out uh, um, what we're gonna do over the course of the next two weeks, which is uh, called a sprint. And we look at the different priorities of the, the tasks and things like that, figure out who on the team's gonna do what over the course of the next two weeks. And then everybody agrees and you know has a chance to say well no i don't think we can get this done or really that's too big or 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 things along those lines and then at the end of the end of the the meeting we all agree that this is what we're going to get done we start it and then basically a clock starts ticking this will make you crazy um (laughs) now we have a deadline uh but each of us has to get our pieces done within that deadline um i admire your ability to work with other humans yeah that's part of it uh, <laughs> I, uh, mm-hmm. uh, our listeners may not know, long ago in another life, I was once offered an art director job. And I thought about it very seriously. And that was the last time that I have ever been on the cusp of having a job that involved working with other humans. Yes. And uh, barring a brief stint in an office supply or in an art supply store because, you know, which I is needed a, to get out of the house more. Yeah, which is a different environment than an yeah. office or where there are deliverables or things like that. And I yeah. thought I would have to rely on other people to make deadlines. And then I thought I would end up doing all the art for every project so that it would get done. And then I thought I don't want to die, so I turned the job down. Yeah, yeah. Um, know thyself. Know thyself. Uh, side effect of all of that is that um, at the end of the two weeks, what we do is we have uh, uh, something called a retrospective, where I, I there's a button for me to say, okay, we're done now, and it takes all of the things that we got done, shoves them into a done pile, and then takes everything else that didn't get done and shoves it either into the next sprint or into... What program is this? This is JIRA. This okay. is JIRA, the, the Atlassian JIRA um, uh, Agile tool. Basically, it's a tool made to do just this sort of thing. Um, gotcha. And then we, we sit down and we talk about what we did well, what we didn't do well, um, and anything that we may want to change in the future. Uh, and it's kind of valuable because we're noticing that we get a lot of... Like, we figure out we're going to do X in this amount of time, and then we have 15 more things come in, so we don't get X done. We get maybe, you know, maybe we've got 10 tickets, 10 10 items, 15 more come in, we've got 10 left over at the end of the two weeks, 
uh, and we will have gotten done like pretty much half and half between the 15 that, that came in unexpectedly and the 10 we started out with. So it comes out as a break even, and that's really frustrating. Right, because it feels like you just treaded water. We're not going anywhere, yeah. Uh, so one of the things I've been doing is talking to the people who are giving us these tasks, or who are driving a lot of this, about how can we reduce this? How can we plan better? Um, and we're trying to plan around that so that we don't have these big gaps of, um, frankly, scope creep uh, is what it is, where the scope of our two weeks, the, the what we're supposed to be working on, suddenly branches out into other things. Um, and it's a really good exercise to do uh, both as a team and as yourself um, on, a, on a personal level to occasionally go back and say, okay, what, what did I get done last month? I, I think I talked about this when I, when I talked about switching over from June to July and doing sort of my review. How did I do last month? What am I planning to do this month? It's the same basic idea, except it's, it's a personal evaluation. Like, did I get done what I wanted to get done? Yeah, actually I did. Did I get done the things I needed to get done? Yes. You know, how do I feel about that? I feel like I accomplished a lot. Um, but there'll be cases where I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go, no, I didn't get everything done. I missed. Uh, how does that make me feel? And that's just that's just part of the process, you know. Um, and it's recommended often you do this in a much shorter cycle so that you have a weekly, a monthly, and a yearly review. And like... Just you, just you, nobody else looking over, just you and your personal self-assessment. The idea is so that you can get better at doing what you do. Seems like a lot of organization just to remember what I did. Well, I guess, okay, at the end of the year, I frequently will do a blog, blog post that I'm like, this year, I, looking back, I accomplished X, Y, Z, published three books, wrote this much, you know, cleared all this dirt, etc. And then right. I feel better about the year. But, uh, okay, yeah, I can sort of see that. Yep. And the and the, but then part of that is then saying okay what am I going to do next year? That becomes part of the planning process. Of course, for you, it's a lot different than for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, so one of the unexpected things we had to do in this last week was we had to replace the microphone. Yes, that's true. So we're we're using a new piece of equipment. Uh, apologies for any strangeness or extra noises we're if still you can hear water gurgling in the background the toilet upstairs is filling wrong and the microphone is now so sensitive it's picking up the pipes through the ceiling i mean the other microphone that i have for recording hidden almanac will pick that up too yes but this one is is much higher quality um thank you patreon sponsors who paid for the microphone yes, the, the, the ursula's patreon sponsors yes. um I, I am riding on the coattails. This this is you know all about the Kevin and Ursley eat cheap, and uh, and Hidden Almanac Patreon that paid for this microphone and and all of the the adapters we need to hook it up to the computer and stuff like that. You guys are awesome. It's okay. Yeah. The the Hidden Almanac and KUEC don't mind if you borrow it. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Um, I have a couple other to others to evaluate. You might have noticed. Um. I, I fell into the other hole I can fall into, which is I've, I'll fall into the planner hole and the organizational hole and spend hours and days redoing my organizational system and lose a lot of momentum and time doing that. Um, but that's been part of my learning process. Um, this time I spent, I want to say what, like two days figuring out microphones after, even after we bought this one. I don't know. I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Fiddling on something upstairs. Yes. 
So anyway, here is our um, our wombat test subject, uh, our Ursula Vernon, my lovely wife and artist extraordinaire. Um, so I became angry this week. You did, uh, but first, how did the goal setting go? Oh yeah, I wrote some down. You should write the yeah yeah yeah. We we want to do the goals, and then you can be as angry as you want. I wrote the goals down. You so wrote the goals down. I okay. Need to find out where I wrote the goals down. There. Okay, uh, goals. Do something with cryptic stitching, which is my game yeah. that I've been working on. Mm -hmm. And then, one, finish act one, or do a vertical slice demo, okay. uh, which is something that a game designer friend of mine recommended as mm -hmm. a way to pitch it to publishers. Uh, and I even figured out what that vertical slice would entail. It would be the, the plot line of Wool Tribe's shearings. Um, the second goal was to make Dog Skull Patch useful. Useful is... Basically, I use, useful is like one of the highest praises I can give anything. I believe that, that there are plenty of things that exist only to be beautiful, but... Uh, okay, it's like pottery. <laughs> there is something about... There are beautiful clay sculptures, I will not argue that, but there's something about clay that is inherently... I just feel like clay wants to be useful. I feel okay. like, and there are some chunks of... Does that include that crappy orange clay we've got out front that is nothing but a pain? It would be if we made it into bricks. That's what you make bricks out of, is that oh. clay. That's why we have a brickworks down there. Well, yeah, I, I knew there was a, a, a specific red clay. I didn't realize it was just the crap we found in the yard. Yes, we. that's that's oh. Carolina clay. Okay, yeah. then, yeah. Uh, so the other thing, I, I feel like some things want to be useful. Farmland wants to be useful. Right. Uh, great big screaming oak forests in mountains, they don't need to be useful. They can just be there. But, you know... But they're useful in their own way. Yeah, they're, they're very useful to the things in them. Um, to I feel like farmland wants to be useful. Um, and this stuff was useful, and it's now less useful because it is covered in invasives. And so it could be much more useful. Um, and I don't mean just to humans. Like, just... You know, to to I it, it should give back more than it it takes. Right. So, number one is to get a hunting license and hunt a deer on it. Okay. Uh, after that, it occurs to me I can't very well bulldoze the house until after I get the deer. Okay. Because I suspect the deer will be a little alarmed by the house falling down. We're talking about animals who have successfully adapted to construction zones and then urban living I think the house disappearing being there one day and not the next is um, probably not something that is going to be too alarming but well anyway that's we'll see. fair yes. uh, then, so I, I actually made a, a list so get the hunting license to hunt a deer tear down the house hook up power and water and arrange septic and then I can put a yurt on it and depending on how much free time I have Either I can set to work on it, or I can have a yurt and with plumbing and be like, would anyone like to be a tenant farmer? And in fact, my buddy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Neolithic Sheep, is is trying to, is, is like, once you get things set up, there are a couple of people I know who would love an arrangement where, mm -hmm. here are seven acres, 
I can't really take care of them, but if you want to just stay here and caretake and graze sheep and, you know, help clear property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so we'd, we'd have to set down some rules, the usual with the no pesticides. No, oh, yeah, 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 but, I mean, if you're grazing sheep, you, you aren't, you're trying not to hose down poison on the grass. Yes, yes. So one of the things I mentioned last week was that we were going to talk about SMART goals, and I think you've got great goals. I think these are fantastic goals. I think you've done a very good job. Um, and I also think you inherently, even though we really only touched on it, you made them smart. Um, usually, this is an acronym. People are an is. anagram or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Timely. Right? So they're all very specific. Yes. They are all measurable. You can tell when you're done with all of them. They are all attainable. I hope so. Yep. Uh, they are reasonably realistic. There's no blue sky dreaming there. And uh, they're all timely in that you can get them done in an amount of time. The longest one mm -hmm. is going to be, uh, honestly, getting septic hookups. Right. And right. and But if I can have the dog skull patch one done in, in a year, I'll feel like I did a, yeah. it okay. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that uh, a lot of people make a mistake about, which you didn't, and I'm very proud of you for that, um, is they forget the attainable part. They're SMRT goals, just like Homer is so smart. SMRT. Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah. Um, and that is they forget that goals you set for yourself should be attainable. If So if my goal had been become a millionaire? That, while attainable... Is, a, is significantly harder. If your goal was, um, you know, colonize Mars, that's not a that's not attainable, right? Right. Well, not for me personally. Right. 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 Um, so that's sort of a that's that's the sort of thing that that a lot of people miss out on is they'll set a goal but they'll forget to see is this something I can do and I can attain in a timely manner and that leads to a lot of disappointment. Well, I set a goal and I didn't make it, so why should I bother, right? Uh, why should I bother the next one? It's very disheartening when you set something that, you know, you know in the back of your head you can't make because it's more a dream than a goal. Um, I'm trying to think of an example that you wouldn't know out, off the bat was unattainable, like colonizing Mars. Right. Because, like, if you feel bad because you haven't colonized Mars, dude, come on. Yeah, there's that, there's that. Um, and part of my brain is saying like write a novel, but I mean I write novels, so, but I admit but writing novels is a skill set, and some people just plain don't have the skill set, and that's right. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but there's a, a, sometimes a fine line between a goal and I'm going to use another one of those fancy words and a vision, right? Or as long as I don't need to write a vision statement. You don't have to write a vision statement this week, and. Wait. So the the idea of a vision, a vision is sort of like the guiding star. Oh, so my vision is don't die in a ditch next to Walmart. Pretty much, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the vision. Woo! Shittiest vision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but the but the idea is to don't make your vision the goal. Make your goal something that will help that vision become a reality. Right. So if your vision, if you were going to put down your goal was to travel to Mars right? That probably not attainable within your lifetime, but 
maybe your goal is to fund NASA. NASA. Maybe your goal is that uh, you want your ashes interred on Mars on the first manned space flight. You know, maybe th there's there are ways to get there that there's a vision that your final resting place will be on Mars, whether you're alive or not. And so here are the things you can do. Here are the goals, the steps to get there. Um, where So actually, my goals do fit into my vision of not dying in a ditch next to Walmart. Absolutely. Because I can now die in a ditch on Dog Skull Patch, or if I'm lucky, a yurt with plumbing. Well, even better, you've got the vision of making Dog Skull Patch useful. And these other goals here to hunt on it, to have everything hooked up, to build a yurt. Building a yurt is a, is a goal. Yeah, that, um, I, I didn't want to overwhelm myself. Right. But then that that will help you attain the vi the vision of Dog Skull Patch being useful. So this is fantastic. You did a great job with this. Uh, I'm very impressed. Yay! Yay! Um, now, so, can I be angry? Yes, absolutely. And uh, um, let me preface, and yeah, you hear crinkling. That's because I have a, a plastic thing. We had gone out to... What were we... Sorry, what were we... We had gone out to look for the microphone. And... Uh, yes, we wound up at Jerry's Artorama, and right. then we wound up at the Staples. There's a Staples door. next door. And while we were in there, we saw, hey, here are disc planner pages, and there were a whole bunch by Martha... By, bah, there were a whole bunch of Office by Martha Stewart. Uh, different planner insert things. Now, now, I am not going to slam on Martha Stewart, as it happens. No. I think a lot of people slam on Martha Stewart, but she is... An ice-cold businesswoman who has achieved an empire, and I respect evil in others when executed well. Yes, and I, and in a lot of cases, um, outside of her financial dealings, I have to say, a lot of that empire falls into the, the not necessarily evil, but means well. Like, her, I like her cooking. I've, I've found some good recipes from her. Um, I do not like her decorating ideas, but they make a lot of people happy, which is really what she's after. Um, and she's made a boatload of money doing it. I, I do not feel that making money is necessarily evil. Um, making money the way she did that got her sent to jail for a couple of years, that's evil. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Also, she totally treats her media escorts like shit, which I don't approve oh, of. Oh, I do not approve of that. Okay. Yes. There, yes. They used to give out mm -hmm. an award. The, the media escorts uh, uh, actually like... Uh, this is a... Okay, so let me clarify. A media yeah. escort is the person who's assigned by a bookstore or an event to go with... Or a an, publisher. Or a publisher to go with an author or voice actor, whoever. Or, or an actor or yeah, whoever, yeah. yeah. To... to to basically make sure they go, they are able to get what they need and go the places they need to go. It's it's basically a combination chauffeur and personal assistant kind of thing, although yep. that makes it sound way ritzier than it is. Uh, mostly it's, I know where we're going, I know what time you have to be there, can yep. I get you water, can I get you food, the author is clearly panicking, let me talk to them, that sort of thing. And I've, I've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, yep. But yep. uh, and the the one and, and let me be honest the one that works with the authors here in Chapel Hill that we see all the time she is fantastic yes some of them are wonderful yes. I I ran into her getting coffee before the Warren Ellis signing yes you know uh, we saw her I believe before Scalzi's signing she, you remember I the face blind well but, yeah of course of course but uh, anyway. that is one of the problems I actually wind up having to tangentially is that because of the face blindness. Uh, and if I'm on book tour, I will have a different one every single day because I'll be in a different city every day. <laughs> I will rapidly lose track of who I am there with. And I am just like, 
please God, you know, and, and it's fine unless they fall into the, the school teacher archetype and then I'm boned, but, uh... You, you should take, like, one of your pendants and say, please wear this pendant, I'm face blind, this will help me identify you. That's an amazingly good idea. Yeah, I just thought of it. I'm like, why wouldn't she do that? She'd be able to recognize. The only thing is if you had a spot where a lot of fans showed up and someone showed up with a with a matching pendant, but... No, that's an amazing idea. And, and this way they get a... They get a, a a nice. They will have fond memories because they'll get a present from you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, that's that's genius, dear. Okay, I'm doing that on the next one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I always just felt bad because I couldn't remember them. But anyway, it's yeah. And it, by the by the fourth or fifth day, I am so fried. Anyway. Um, oh, but yeah. anyway, one of my hobbies is that I start asking people questions about what they do, and I will do the hobby. Okay, this is just a personality quirk, I guess. <laughs> and I'm very bad at following the script for normal interactions with other people. Yeah. Um, and so I do leave a trail of slightly traumatized people in my wake, although I try never to be mean. I'm just genuinely curious, and people don't expect you to be curious about things. And I didn't realize that media escorts frequently did not get people who asked about their job and what they did oh. and who they were like like uh, I had this one lovely woman who was like okay your publicist says you're an introvert and I was like gonna try to like not make too much conversation with you because you might be fried but you're like talking to me about horror movies and I'm like I'm not that much of an introvert you yeah. know, you're interesting. she's like okay the last author I have sat in the back seat and wouldn't talk to me until she found out I had a degree from Vassar oh. and I'm like whoa what seriously she's like D -d -d people are really snobby Yeah. anyway so well, this is all getting off into a terrible tangent but the point was there is in fact an organization that many media escorts will get together that I assume licenses or bonds them or something. I don't know all the details. And right. they used to have an annual dinner and they used to have, they, they would give out the award that was like their equivalent of the golden Razzie or whatever the, okay, for the biggest yeah. pain in the ass. And then Martha Stewart ran it three years running and they stopped giving it out. Did they stop giving it out or did they just say she, uh, she is now disqualified from the running? According to the nice guy in St. Louis, they just stopped doing it. <laughs> Because Martha Stewart just won every time. Oh! Yeah, so anyway. Yeah. I don't approve of that. Kind of like Doctor Who and Game of Thrones on the Hugos. Yeah, the thing <clears> I really <throat> don't approve of, however, is this goddamn gardening thing. This is why we, we say PG-13, folks. By office, by Martha Stewart. Here is your gardening section so you can have a gardening insert. Plan and document garden activity. This is such bullshit. It is literally, it is it is like a, a, a whole bunch of pages of just the standard blank line stuff and then a freaking hardiness zone chart. I don't need a hardiness zone chart in my planner. Even with climate change, it only changes every five years. I am an 8A. I will be an 8A for a long time. I don't need a chart so I can check every single day to see, yep, I still live in North Carolina in zone 8A. Furthermore, there's a glossary. In case I need to look up on a daily basis what the word germination means, because I forgot the last time I looked it up. Germination is when a seed, you know, germinates, it yes. grows. Yes. And it sprouts. has a chart of the names of tools. If I have to look up every single day what a hoe is, 
I do not need to be in the garden with a hoe. I am not qualified to own a hoe. Well, you didn't look like you were pimping, pimping to me uh, anyway. I, I was waiting for that. <laughs> if you PG thirteen, folks. If you needed to look up what a trowel was called every single day, so you had the sheet in your planner, I do not think organization is the greatest challenge facing you at this time. So I'm not going to disagree with any of that. This had a whole lot of bullshit that was made by somebody who didn't actually garden. And just thought, oh, this is the sort of stuff gardeners like. No, what gardeners need... And then slapped their name on, slapped Martha Stewart's name on it and marketed it. And a graphic of a watering can. Yes. So you can have a picture of a watering can and a chart that names your hoe for you. Or your trowel. Don't start. <laughs> That's fine. I became angry for like a while like she disappeared into the studio and there were angry noise she comes downstairs she storms and says this is bullshit throws it at me and says I'm going to make my own and stomps off so I have to get the thing back in the packaging and set it aside so that if she can like rant about it if you would like a shitty Martha Stewart disc bound gardening insert please comment on this podcast where Kevin will give it away because I want it out of the house okay uh, it does include, um, let's see. Uh, I think I stuffed everything back in the package. It did 10 self-adhesive envelopes, 70 sticky dots, and a stencil ruler for drawing your garden plan. It Yeah, it has little wobbly, squiggly shapes, so you can, then the big ones are supposed right. to be trees and the small ones are shrubs. I can draw a wobbly, squiggly without a stencil. It's designed around junior-sized disc-bound notebooks. It's um, a half page, basically. Right, uh, so there's that. And a whole bunch um, of, like, just lined paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of it is lined paper. Uh, but there's the, the the gardening tips, which is the part she was yelling about, which probably aren't. Uh, there was the list of tools. Ten pages of gardening content. So this is a whole lot of... And this was, like... Six bucks. Okay, it was six bucks? Good. It was only six bucks. Um, if it had been ten, I would have been really grumpy. Um, Such bullshit. Anyway, I went and made my own, um, which was hard because PDFs. Uh, PDFs are, are difficult to work with sometimes. Well, the major yeah. problem was JPEGs I can do, and then I would try to transfer it into PDF, and it would suddenly change the sizes. And I'm like, no, I understand how actual size works. It would be like, no, we've just decided it's different. And I'm like, you are not allowed to decide that. And it eventually worked out that um, apparently Photoshop thinks paper is bigger than Adobe Reader does. That's awkward. It was since they're yeah. from the same company. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a little frustrating. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, but I eventually worked it out. So. Yeah. I have. I made my own, and these include actual useful things. Like I know the frickin' hardiness zone. What I want is a plant record for each plant. So I have a box where I can put the name, and the little box next to it where I can put like the year or perhaps a code if I was organized and had everything in a spreadsheet. I went and put everything in a spreadsheet. Um, and then I have Are you the... well? No, I was depressed yesterday. Um, so That's fair. I had the type. Is B. it from working on the spreadsheet? No. Spreadsheets do that to me, too. No, no. It, okay. was, it was from working on, on edits. Okay. Um, so, for example, I have the Nez Pierce bean. Or I have the Nez Pierce type bean, and then I have a box for the code, which I can put in if I want to. Source, Russ Crow, who is a nice guy named Russ Crow, who runs the bean collector's window and is like a bean hobbyist. He sent me a bag of them. Planted on. I couldn't remember what day I planted on. 
uh, and then I had boxes from seed, from start, saved seed, and it was from seed, and then I had germination notes, which I had none, and then I had, like, listings of what the plant did, which... You have a little, little, yeah, a little, che- a little checklist here for whether it, uh, it uh, victory, whole lot of meh, died like a dog, I have made a terrible mistake, oh, I know, one or two we did that, that that's the entry for the, um, for the Carolina Reapers, isn't it? Uh... I'm not sure. And then there's where did this go? Because a lot of times you plant something, then you never find it. Yeah, again. I noticed that the the one bean tower we we put up is I can't tell one plant from the other because it's just a green tower. There's a metal thing under. Oh, my brutalist bean trellis. Yes. 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 It was a cup holder. Yeah. Uh, like a like a commercial. Like like a, a display for cups from a store or something. Now yeah. it is just a wall of greenery. And then I have a section for that determines whether you will use in the future. Always grow this. Try this one again. Let somebody else grow this and special, which I assume is where you just write fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, PG-13, folks. But then it is two-sided. And on the other thing, there is a spot where, again, name, box, where you could put an image if you were, like, super inclined to put an image. I'm not just going to draw a picture of a yellow bean in there unless I get really bored. But I could, if I wanted to, print one and paste it in in case I was worried I would never recognize the bean again. And this is, the beans you grow are pretty unique. I try. So, like, but it would still be awesome to flip over the Trail of Tears page, and there's, like, a picture of a whole bunch of Trail of Tears beans, right? And then I have the location that I planted it along the wire mesh. And notes, did not water, still prolific. Harvest white, darkens to tan when dry. That is an important note because I kept harvesting all these white beans and I was confused. And then they turned sort of golden yellow once they dried. And I was like, oh, those are the Nez Pierce. I didn't just underwater the white potato bean. And then there's a small angry chicken with a trowel. Because chicken. Um, I, so yeah, I designed like these things and I should really like sell them in my Etsy shop or something. But, um... And it would be really smart if I had set them up to sell before we did this segment, because then I could be like, and if you want to purchase this, you could go there. But I haven't actually set it up, because I have to give it my bank information, and I'm like, oh god, I have to go look up routing numbers. So at some point, you may be able to buy those in my Etsy shop, but not today. Yep, yep. Anyway. Anyway. And it has no hardiness zones, because fuck that noise. Because if you live in a zone and you're gardening, you should look that up in advance and you don't need to put... You, unless you're straddling a line and you literally can walk across the property line. And, and even then you know that. You don't need to have the entire right. map of the continental U.S. in your planner so that, you know, if you want to check what the hardiness zone in Fargo is on a whim, you can do that out in the garden with your planner. This is a valuable waste of real estate. Or a waste of valuable real estate. or a Waste of trees. If you want this waste of trees, please um, please comment <laughs> on the this episode. If this... we haven't tur- turned you off with our rage. Well, yeah, there's that. Um, it does have a lot of liney pages. It does have a lot of blank pages. And if no, if I get a whole bunch of comments that say no, 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 I'm just going to throw out the gardening glossary and keep the blank pages for myself. Because let's face it, we can all use more blank lined paper. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, so we don't have to print out more blank lined paper. That's sort of my thought. Do I have to do something for next week now? Um, the only thing you really have wrapped around for next week is to um, uh, keep up with your planner. Uh, we'll we'll talk more next week um, about goal progress because you've got some things, and maybe we'll and we'll talk about um, breaking goals down into tasks. Um, okay. Because that is that is something that that. Today's Wednesday, right? Today is Wednesday. Oh, thank God. Yep. I was afraid I lost a day there. Actually, let me back up. There is something for you to do. 
put a gold star on Monday. Monday oh, I, I kicked ass. And you took kicked names. ass and took names on Monday. No. Tuesday I laid in bed and ate cinnamon gummy bears. And you, despair. well, you had a rough day. Um, but uh, but you hey, you still got the 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 two things you had written down for Tuesday done. No, There's... I didn't. I only got one. I had to move the other one down. I didn't actually get. I I checked that off because I got them done today. The oh, bag okay. Etsy thing. But right. I did. I did get the the. Uh, Check illumination notes, and that's why I wasn't. And, and it's okay because things things. I'm gonna go ahead because you've done pretty good today. Um, and that's one of the things that can happen, right? You you could you you have something on your list, and it derails your entire day. Don't feel bad when that happens. Um, I often have things on my to-do list that, like, it looks like it's going to be easy or it's going to take very little time, and then it turns out that I've just you know, I have to cross the mines of Moria by myself with a Balrog in the middle, and nothing else gets done because I'm busy dodging orcs and Balrogs. Yeah, I hate it yeah. when it happens. Yeah. Fucking Balrogs, man. I mean, that's... that's... How do they work? <clears throat> oh, they're big and they're fiery and, and Morgoth... I, get, was... I know! Okay, yes! <laughs> it's Shadow and Flame! Do not Tolkien-splain to me! You asked? Ugh, it was rhetorical. Anyway, the... But the but, I, I try not... I, I will look at something and go, oh, I didn't get everything done I needed to do, but as long as I've got a mitigating factor, right? If it's, I didn't get anything done I needed to do because I sat on my butt and played Tetris all day, which I don't do. More likely two dots. That's my big addiction I right have now. a better idea. What's that? I am writing down mope like a boss on Tuesday, and I'm checking it off because I'm moped like you, a boss. You did. You you certainly did, and we did. I'll take, can I get a blue star? You I can feel, get a blue I feel star. That deserves a blue star. That deserves a blue star. Sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I try not to. I, I try not to. Where's Tuesday? There's Tuesday. Yes. Um, I try very hard when something outside of my control interferes with what I want to get done. I I try very hard not to beat myself up over it. It's difficult. This is why I'm medicated. Uh, this is why I have my Zoloft. Is because. I am I am broken in a couple of places, and sometimes I will get into the shame spiral from this is three days, I didn't get that one thing done that I've been meaning to do, and I'm a horrible person. No, stop. Time out. Right? Um, I broke my brain. I burned out a couple of years ago. We'll talk about that on a couple of years ago. Almost a decade ago now. A little over Woo! a decade. Um, and we'll talk, we'll talk about that on a later episode because I really want to dig into burnout. Like burnout month. It's a, a big horrible topic. It's yeah. useful to phrase your failure like, like I just wrote. I moped like a boss. Yeah. I didn't like you know waste time and and weep and moan and no I moped like a boss. Damn you it. did. I I I believe you should. And when I messed up my ankle, I believe I said fucked up my ankle like a boss. Yes. If you're going to like need a mental health day, do it like a boss. Just be like. Broke down, sobbing like a, like a, like a Rodney James Dio poster in in, oh. in under black light. The you know just wow. just extra, give yourself some extravagant superlatives. Praise the quality of your fuck up. And the side effect is <laughs> this may not work for everybody, but I like it. Yeah, no, uh, and the but the side effect is just. If you need to take a day and everything's thrown out of whack, that's cool. Take a break. Regroup the next day. You always have tomorrow. Um, like a boss. 
<laughs> like a boss. Um, and we've got we've got a, a letter that I want to get to um, after our interview with Carlotta. Okay. Um, that that asks sort of about something similar. All right. Um, so we're gonna slide over to our interview with Carlotta, who is totally a boss. She totally is. Um, I still don't have music for this interlude because I spent most of the time between last episode and this, well, getting a new microphone uh, and making it work and all that. Um, Carlotta! Carlotta! Uh, Here's our interview. You promised to never do that again. Yeah, so here's our interview with Carlotta. Ding! This week's interview is with our dear friend Carlotta. Um... Carlotta, can you introduce yourself to the to the listeners and um, tell them what you do? I am Carlotta. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. They can't I'm, see the hand. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't see the. Yeah, I, I am my own cult of personality. Um, I am boy. My my fancy dancy title at the cybersecurity company I work for is manager of collaboration and knowledge strategy, and what that means is that I. Um, at a very high level, implement systems all the way down to a very low level, write individual knowledge base articles to ensure that information inside engineers' heads gets into a database that can then get out to customers and partners and other people in the company so that they can find answers when they need them. I think You're a technical writer with power. I am, I am a technical writer. Oh, boy. I, you know, I hate that because technical writers are so underrated and underpaid. I get paid way more than a technical well, no, writer. No, the, the way I always... <laughs> power comes Yeah, it's, um, it's, you're, uh, you, you translate between geek and not geek. Yes, in yes. In a lot of ways. I, I like yeah. to say I make engineers sound as smart as they really are. That's fair. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, they've got information that... Um, they can have their head or they can give me the information. You know, they can't have both their head and the information. That's, yeah, <laughs> not really, but right, hey. Right, um, So how do you keep yourself organized? Because you've got a lot going on with this. I do, I do. Um, I don't. I'm very scattered. <laughs> <laughs> I keep other people far more organized than, than myself, honestly. Um, actually, that's not true. I live in an Excel worksheet. Really? And every tab is a different weekly meeting. Like, okay, right. One tab is my content sync. One tab is my one-on-one with my boss. One tab is my uh, con- my weekly sync with my tech writer in Ireland. Yeah, okay. and in each of those, I have the date, uh, whatever we discussed, an mm-hmm. action that's needed from me, and any results of that action. And it's wow. all yeah. <laughs> completely driven through. I just work well in a spreadsheet. That's you know that that's fine. Yeah. Um, you are the first person I've talked to so far that is basically Excel driven. Yeah. Uh, I'm used to having PMs doing their full project management. Right. In Excel, it drives me a little crazy. Uh huh. But not really tracking like your personal stuff in it. Right. So that's. Yeah. Nifty. Yeah, Excel for project management. I was a project manager for a little while, and I was ex- apparently exceedingly good at it, but I kind of hated every moment of it because it's hurting a lot of cats. Um, and I can see where Excel is exceedingly painful as a project management tool, and I would not use it that way myself. But in terms of, of you know, task lists, I've tried task lists, I've tried... Um, planners i've tried evernote i've tried OneNote. i've tried you know all kinds right, of right. mac apps and phone apps and everything and i just keep coming back to excel i've just accepted that my brain works like a spreadsheet and when i'm you know when i did my masters at columbia um it was the same thing i would take all of my notes in excel 
and every chapter would have a row and the major themes would each have a column and I could lay out all of my notes uh, very quickly that way. You know, it, was, it would take me forever to do the readings because I'm taking these copious amounts of notes while I'm doing it. But I, I could write a paper in 45 minutes because it was pretty much already written in the notes. You're a wizard, Carl. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I could not do that in Excel. That's, that's something. something yeah, yeah. I, I live in a matrix. You know, everything. Wow. I, I dream in words, right? Like my right. actual dreams are, are nothing but text on a page, text on a screen, text floating in outer space, pitch black people talking to me. And, but at the same time, I apparently have kind of a, an odd mathematical mind and I can lay words and concepts out in a grid that, in a way that nobody else I've met will do. Wow, <laughs> that's wicked cool, so. Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it Charlie Strauss who was the one who said that um, the thing he keeps coming back to is everybody finds one program that works for them. Yeah. And they do everything in it. And it and to stop trying to tell them to use a different program or this program will be better for them, they have a thing they work in. And if it works... Yes. Uh, yes. Strauss was saying much more, stop telling authors to stop using Word. Right. Because in order to do that, you have to get the entire publishing industry to right. change because the editors I'm, I'm use word. Yeah, I think yeah. you're thinking of a different rant. Right. Um, but that's, Doctor, I, but actually, that's, yeah. that's not a bad point, though. I mean, part of knowledge strategy is when you boil it down, it's aligning people, process, and technology. Right. And what I have found is that people try to lead with the technology. You know, oh, we threw a wiki out there. People will come and fill in the wiki. And then that doesn't work, right? Because right. you're not taking into account how people work and what they're doing. So um, I'm fighting that. I've fought that battle at every company. Mm -hmm. I'm fighting that battle at my company now. You know? <laughs> I, I, I fight it on and off. I mean, yeah. I, I live in an environment where the engineers and operations, the team I work with, kind of live and breathe in um, uh, JIRA and Confluence. Right. But the customer support people all work and the salespeople work in... Uh, Salesforce, mm -hmm. and then we've got this whole other thing where IT and marketing and, and all these guys, mm -hmm. they're over in SharePoint, and there's mm -hmm. uh, like an annual attempt to join it all together or say, no, right. this is the strategy, and we're all just going to use this one thing, and it never works. No, and it never will work because the needs are very different. You know, marketing, mm -hmm. legal, HR, they need SharePoint. They don't need to, right. they're p producing a lot of authentic, uh, authoritative documentation, mm -hmm. right? Um, the the engineers are doing lots of bug tickets they're doing lots of one-off information um wikis work better that their minds map to a wiki yeah. whereas it does not map to sharepoint or content mm -hmm. management system and then support of course lives in a sfdc salesforce or they, they sort or of, a crm they have to straddle both yeah. because we operate yeah and the things they accelerate to us are coming from from them uh, via there's some Salesforce integration right. so that it can link to Jira, but they they have to do both. Right. And we're very happy that we don't have to touch Salesforce. Right. And they're very happy that they don't have to work in Jira right. except maybe to poke things every right. now. Right. To open the ticket and link yeah. it to the Salesforce ticket. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's the same. That's pretty much the same at every tech company I've been at. And honestly, the best thing to do and and what I've done just recently, we just launched it in February, and I I need to spend next week or two fine tuning it is we did a federated search, right? Ooh. So we have an Elastic Search engine. We have a lot of, and, and the mm -hmm. reason we chose Elastic Search is that we actually use Elastic Search in one of our products. So 
you know, it You've was just, got the domain yeah, so yeah. we had lots of people who were willing to contribute on um, a pet project kind of way. Yeah, this yeah. was a two-year kind of grassroots movement, um, and finally, um, uh, the IT group gave us servers, and we went for it, and basically, it searches um, all of the case summaries in the Salesforce port tickets, it searches all of the knowledge base articles, it searches the internal community, the external community, the Jira bugs, so you can go to one place and find all of the information that's right yeah yeah so that's really what you really need to make you know to make it work across the board is federated search but i'm i am very big on um you know decentralization because teams are going to work the way that teams work and whatever makes them yep. the most productive is what we want and if that means you know we have three different systems then we have three different, have three systems, different systems right yeah. so yeah and then the federated search is the glue yeah. that holds it all exactly. together exactly um so what habits or systems are important to you? I think we already touched yeah. that Excel is important to you. Yeah. Um, but are there any, any habits that go with that? Or oh, yeah. are there yeah. any other systems that, that, that interface that, that really make your day go smoother? Um, honestly, um, we have a, a system that I hate, to be honest. So I'm not going <laughs> to name it. I don't want to promote them. They got sold right, right. for $460 million a few weeks ago, and I was oh, quite okay. pissed about yeah. it, honestly. I'm like, I can make a better product than this. I need to get off my butt and start my own company. Um, but basically... I'll uh, your logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a, basically it's a forum. It's a community platform, right? Okay, and yeah. um, really, it, it's not for me, but where my strength is for the company as a whole mm -hmm. is that I'm just very aggressive about curating content okay. right? and my team. So um, they actually last, I've been doing this for four, almost four years now. And six months ago, they finally hired me a real tech writer, Ooh, right? Yeah. I'm not a real tech writer. I'm a systems person um, who happens to be a very good writer and, and even more so, I am probably the best technical editor you'll ever come across, which is very distressing. That's, yeah. Because again, people want you then to edit, and that just doesn't make as much money. So no, <laughs> I'm a money grubbing no, no. whore. Yes. So, so unfortunately, yeah. this is a this yeah. is a PG thirteen, right, so I won't have right. to bleep that. Great, cool. great. So um, whew, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not usually a PG thirteen person. So. <laughs> But no, I mean my my bed and movie the trailer. Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that my uh, sister-in-law lent lent me my niece for the summer. She's you know 17, and I think it's been a very educating experience <laughs> for her. So, but um, back back to work. No, really, um, my value you know for, the tools I use for myself are. Uh, Excel, like I mentioned, and OmniGraffle. I'm a Mac user. Okay, yeah. I'm a, uh, I never thought of myself as a visual person until I got a Mac. And then it's like, oh, um, yeah, I'm, I am actually very visual uh, in text box form, right? So I'm <laughs> great with workflows. I'm great at, at taking engineering information about how to um, how an appliance works, for example, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and mapping it out with enough text that's descriptive that it's actually really meaningful to the customer. And so, what's the name of that program again? OmniGraphle. Oh, OmniGraphle. It's, yeah. it's, it's a it's diagramming like a program. Yeah, yeah, it's a diagramming program. Mm -hmm. It's like Visio, right? Yeah. Um, and I just very natively live in mm -hmm. spreadsheets and diagrams, apparently, which is uh, not something I would have ever guessed five, ten years yeah. ago. Have you tried mind mapping then? Um, I have, but you know, mind mapping is... And even like word maps, mm -hmm. um, it's not 
I'm almost too linear for that, right? Okay. I yeah. need the I need the what comes first. I need to know what order it happens in, and if it happens concurrently, I need to know that, and I need to know you know where the relationships and the interfaces are. I mean, especially yeah. in a tech support situation, right? Um, all of your issues are, let's say, your hairiest and most difficult issues are at the interfaces between two subsystems. Yes. Right. Oh so, yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. So a mind map <laughs> doesn't map that out well. Right. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. So you, you almost have to, it's like, it's like taking apart a car. You have all of the individual systems, the drivetrain, the fuel, you know, the, the, you know, all of the air intake and the, all of that. Right. Um, and then you have to map those directly to, um, symptoms right. so that you can work your way backwards so that when you get a symptom, mm -hmm. you can go backwards and do the troubleshooting. And you know about rebuilding a car in that way because yeah. that's one of your hobbies yes yes <laughs> yes i do and i'm terrible with electrical systems uh in fact my my lovely little uh mazda 323 gtx outside uh, yeah. which was running when i moved into this house not six months ago uh -huh. um, suddenly just doesn't want to start and it's getting fuel oh. and now it's down to the electrical system which means there's probably 80 million relays for me to check right so yes. but it's it's the same concept is that if i if i can narrow it down I can start fixing it, uh, and it's very true, especially with just a, work your way backwards through the yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, um, and but in a tech support situation, of course, I'm supporting right now. Uh, I think 150, 160 tech, technical engineers. We have mm -hmm. a deeply technical product. Right. right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's lots of moving parts. Are there? It's you need to have really good grasp on Linux and networking and you know all kinds of stuff. Um, and so our tier one is a notch above your average tech support tier one. <laughs> but even then, you're almost, uh, especially if you're hiring entry level or just out of college kids, you've got to be able to show them how to troubleshoot. And that's not what a lot of colleges teach you. Right? Very true. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, um, yeah, really my whole shtick is making sure these other 160 people are working um, as best as they can. And... You know, taking some of the burden off of them by having a knowledge base and a community that we curate very aggressively, we're actually reaching, on average, 18 to 22% deflection of customer support cases, That's which is huge. huge. Yeah, I mean, Watson yeah. gets that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're a lot um, cheaper, my team of two. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, um, but, and in times of crisis, you know, I, uh, mm -hmm. the other thing I do is the crisis management through the communities. Right. We're doing 55 percent deflection of support that's, cases so yeah, the, yeah. the money is there to prove mm -hmm. you know the value um and there are days when i'm like why am i here and then something blows up and it's like oh right that's why i'm here <laughs> you know? oh yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, oh yes that's when you flip-flop between they're paying me way too much money for what i do they're paying me way too much money they're not paying me nearly enough for pretty what much doing. yeah pretty much this is this is yeah every time i we have uh, an outage and i'm not the communications person on that. Right. I'm the person who's bothering to fix it. And I'll have, right. you know, slow days where I'm slogging through, you know, mm -hmm. oh, goody, I have to slog through a, a report on all of these security vulnerabilities and figure out which ones are real and which ones are not. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are you paying me so much money to do level one triage right. work, basically? Right. And then, you know, the thing happens. And I think the last big one that I was involved in I spent 15 minutes writing a Ansible playbook that then saved us like three or four hours of work. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's why mm -hmm. they pay me the big exactly, bucks. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you know, when you have 160 people, 
And then, of course, the work I do trickles uh, down. Well, I hate that word or that phrase. But, but yeah. it, it also enables our systems engineers, sales team, mm -hmm. all of them. It gives them a, a body of knowledge as well that they otherwise wouldn't have easy access to right, right? right so so my audience becomes even larger now my audience internally is five or six hundred people and then in terms of the customers um i'm helping anywhere from 12 to 2,000 customers a day sometimes 1200 to you know 2,000 customers a day and that's a great feeling i mean that's and for me that's small scale i mean i worked with uh netgear many years ago you did yeah and we got forty-five thousand phone calls a week Oh, yeah. uh, and after two and a half years between the customer services improvements and the improvements we did with the knowledge base, we got down to 22,000 phone calls a week, which is a huge That's savings. That's a giant, yeah. giant yeah. difference. Yeah. And we shaved time. I think our calls went from 18 minutes uh, in length on average to 15 minutes in length. That's, again, that's a huge cost it's savings when you're difference. talking about 22,000 calls oh, a yeah. week, right? Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, yeah. I think there's... Um, uh, there's a huge potential kind of that people don't realize that if you everyone wants to be the rock star but if you're the guy that's out there just you know shoveling the dirt you're clearing the path and you're making no one it easier to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? no one wants to shovel the dirt that is yeah. that is a big problem yeah. in the it industry Absolutely. and we need more people shoveling the dessert and not so many people going, well, I can shovel this dirt faster by building a different kind of backhoe. Right. We have right. a perfectly good backhoe. Right. You know. Yeah. And, so. and there's also a certain amount of, um, it, it's not sexy. Knowledge management isn't no. sexy. I happen to be really good at it and I really get a kick out of it and I really enjoy it. But even with the Elasticsearch server that we, we rolled out, um, my boss thanked the developer and literally said to me, you didn't code it, you know. You didn't develop uh, it. You don't deserve recognition for that project. And I'm like, I designed it, and I spent two years getting it off the ground. How do I not get recognition yeah, for that? Yeah. So it's a really not sexy job. It's, no. Yeah. <laughs> much, much of the IT industry is not yes. sexy. Yes. And, you know, uh, I believe that. Exactly. Um, what's the biggest, uh, the biggest help or the biggest piece of advice uh, you've been given that has, like, helped you or... And there's also the piece yeah. where what would you tell somebody who's who's getting into, if not the field, at least trying to get themselves organized? Because a lot of our listeners, they're right. not necessarily technical people. They are uh, learning about organization and they've mm -hmm. tried different things. Mm -hmm. So what would you say that the biggest help for you has been and, and what advice would you give? Oh, wow. Organization at scale is very different from from a personal organization. And you, you have to be willing to give up a lot of control. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be perfect. I think the best advice I ever got was from um, a gentleman in his 80s that was mentoring me at Netgear. And, and he said to me, Carlotta, shut up and take 80%. Yeah. And worry about the next 20% later. V1, 80% is fine. Version one, take the 80% and then look for the incremental gains. And then do the yeah. improvements. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think I've kind of taken that in, in life in general. <laughs> yeah. right? I've stopped. I'm definitely not the perfectionist I used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, and I'm much happier for it. That's, yeah. <laughs> right? no, that, that takes a lot of stress it off. Does. You're like, okay, it, it doesn't does. have to be perfect. It just has yeah. to be 80% yeah. of what needs yeah. to be done and we can fix the rest later. Yeah. And so. there's a, a certain amount of just you know, using that to talk off my OCD, right? When, uh, when, yeah. you're, when, you're, when you're obsessive about the little details... And just having that little take the 80%, you 
you know, it, it can stop you cold in your tracks. It's yep. a really good piece when of advice. When I was advice. doing cover art for many years, when I was not terribly good, I would still get the gigs because mm -hmm. it would be handed in on time right. and I didn't know what they were getting. Right. And they would much rather have the stuff done yeah. than, yeah. you know, the person who is running after with a paintbrush trying to get the last uh -huh. dab on it as uh -huh. the, the mail you know, truck takes it. You know, I, I, so I have in, at my desk, and I, I write it down on, like, my wiki page in Colonel Perfect is the Enemy of Done. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, not everybody feels that way, but... I have to remind I, I have to remind myself pretty regularly. Yeah. We have a yeah. cult of perfectionism. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, I think I've, I've maybe taken it to a, a little far almost in, for example, settling into this house and I open up my, you know, I unpack. I haven't seen my stuff in a, over a year at that point, right? right? right. And you are a nomad. I, I, I was a nomad. I, I enjoyed the heck out of just kind of being a gypsy around Europe um, because I can work anywhere with an internet connection. Right. Um, and then I realized she, I have a lot of barware and uh, I have a bunch of acrylic tumblers. So I look like an alcoholic nine-year-old, right? <laughs> 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 I, I have no dishware. I don't have anything. Um, and, and I pretty much with the barware especially, I just went, I don't want anything to match. Like if it mm -hmm. matches, that's fine, but I don't need to have four of this glass and three, you know, I don't mm -hmm. need to have complete sets. I like having the little one-offs, um, they're quirky. And it's really great because friends now bring me just kind of random things. Oh, I thought of you, or you know, I really love this cup, but it doesn't match anything else. And, you know, I have to say, the Romany would prefer not to use the word gypsy. <laughs> well, see, I'm not Romany, so I can totally be a gypsy, right? No, no, oh, no. no. it doesn't work like that. It's, it's a it's... damn the sensitivity trainings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I really enjoyed hoofing it around. Um, there we go. Yeah. Europe. All right. Yeah. Carry on. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And, and even then, you know, just learning that things aren't going to be perfect. Um, mm -hmm. Getting getting trapped in a, an apartment complex in Budapest and missing my plane. You know, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. going to be not perfect. And, and you, can, you I, can be frustrated I by that it. that happened was not a completely random comment. Oh no, that actually happened. Uh, yeah. uh, if you actually, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, um, I actually wrote it up because it was just it. It was so funny to me. I was frustrated by it, but I was also at the same time very amused by it. And it was, um, I was very amused. Uh, well, so you have to have the key to get out of the apartment building, and okay. I had been in the Airbnb. Right, I had mm -hmm. not left the apartment building at four o'clock in the morning before. I did not know that you needed the key to get out as well as to get in. Because oh. in the United States, right, yeah. and, and other first world countries, you have to have egress for fire purposes. Right. Uh, right. And I had, this was a, an internal courtyard and a bunch of little apartments facing this lovely internal courtyard. And I had thrown the keys back into the apartment to go out to catch the plane. And I couldn't get out the front door, and I couldn't get back oh. into the apartment, right? So, oh. yeah. And so, um, but then you have to get creative. Okay, well, I'm going to miss my plane if I don't get out of this building. I actually had to take my, um, dig out of my suitcase, my Leatherman tool, and I was trying to take door hinges off. I was, trying, <laughs> I was trying to do anything I could to get out of that building. And in the end, I still missed my flight. But, you know, right. but you can laugh about it, or it's... you can let it rule, you know, ruin your vacation. Thinking of laughing about things. Yeah. Um, how do you reward yourself? <laughs> Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do 
I not reward myself? I am kind of the queen of self-indulgence, right? Uh, There's some of that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, whiskey, um, shoes, clothing for material things, and just sometimes just sitting down and saying, you did good. You know, it's really important to recognize that you've done a good job because if you are a perfectionist, you will always feel like you have not done mm -hmm. as good a job as you can. And being able to just look yourself in the mirror and say, no, really, you did great. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge thing. Especially when you have a situation where your boss gives all the credit to yes. someone else. Yes. You have to be able to look in the mirror and say the only reason they were successful exactly. is because I was successful and so I have to be happy with their success. Yeah. Their success is my success. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, because there's, it, it's like many other thankless jobs. Mm -hmm. um, it will wear you down. Oh, yeah. 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 So then the question is, what do you do when you fail? Oh, boy. <laughs> and we all do it. I mean, we all do it. You yeah. know, I, for me, I almost build failure into my plan. Um, I do so much risk mitigation in terms of... Um, just understanding i will I, again this is where that those diagrams come in, right, in handy right. it's like okay um and you just plan for the failure and so <laughs> there comes a point where um i don't think i've ever failed to the point where a project did not get done at all right okay um i have failed to the point where it's like okay we're going to have to go to plan number Three A, seven C. It's I again just plan for it. You're gonna fail. Oh yeah. If you don't plan for it, that's that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. The 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 word I put in um, and you've read Schlock Mercenary, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've seen Maxim Seventy, right? Yes. Yeah. The yeah. the failure is not an option; it's mandatory. It's what yes. you do after. Yes. I'm a firm believer in that. Absolutely. You, know? um, you pretty much, um, I don't think you can succeed without failing a few times. Only a few. Well, <laughs> a, a few times in a row for that <laughs> one single project, right? Um, no, my life is full of failure. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it just doesn't, I, I, I think that's, I think it's very true. I think being willing to um, accept the consequences, that's really the big mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Am I willing to accept the consequences? And sometimes the consequences are, I'm going to lose this job if this doesn't end. And, you know, mm -hmm. the times when that has been the consequence, I have been more than okay with that consequence because it wasn't a job that was right for me anyway. Yeah, by the time right? you reach the point where it's like, if I fail at this, right. I'm out on the street, maybe this isn't the job I need to be Right, at, right, right, yeah. exactly. And, um, but I, it, it amazes me, people who can stay in one job or with one company for years and years and years because I'm very mercenary it's like I'm always chasing the next high you know I'm yeah. always doing this the company I'm working for now is the first one that I've been at for more than two and a half years it's uh, uh, funny tech is so so high yeah. turnover this is the first company I've been at for more than three years I'm about to have my six-year anniversary wow and for in tech that's that's huge amazing yeah. that's huge yeah. yeah so yeah and um yeah it i think that having that kind of mercenary attitude is almost um uh, in tech especially um a benefit because you don't mm -hmm. take things personally um you don't feel like the failure is some personal failure the failure is we didn't plan for something correctly right. or we didn't get something that we needed 
to complete the project. It isn't that I'm a bad person. Or you can look at the history from the dot-com bubble, yeah. the more recent bubble, and you can go, no, this was, you know, in hindsight, that was doomed from the start. Right. Because it was mismanaged, the money was mm -hmm. mishandled, mm -hmm. and why they even let these people run companies is beyond me. <laughs> right. Um, and there's still a lot of that happening oh, today. Oh, there are, um, there are. But, you know, only some of us who lived through the earlier bubbles are able to recognize it, right? Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's an mm -hmm. interesting um, it's an interesting industry. It is. I, I can't imagine another industry I'd rather be in. That's pretty much how yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Until I sit down and I'm podcasting and I realize I could love to do this as a for a living someday. That's but, yeah. that's fair. I, I think mm -hmm. um, my goal is to Man, just. There's like 50 professions, including medical test subject, before I get to IT. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer, dirt farmer, dead farmer, ditch farmer. You have to be careful with the ditches around the Walmarts. Yes, you I don't want to die in a ditch near Walmart. Right. Yeah. What are we doing? Since the show is about goals, Carlotta, what are your goals? In general, like in yeah, life, sure. or yeah. um, well, I mean, I grew up really poor, right? Okay. And and one of my biggest goals is just to make sure that my nieces have a little mm -hmm. bit of help here and there. To take some of the pressure off of them so that they can focus on school or work right. or whatever it is that they want to focus on. I'm not somebody who says you have to have a four-year college degree. I happen to have a master's from Columbia, but I went to community college. I mm -hmm. went to a state school. You know, I and I know you. I watched you bust your ass yeah. for that master's degree. Yeah, yeah, I worked know? my ass, and it meant a lot to me. I mm -hmm. wanted it. Um, if you aren't somebody who schools well, then don't do it, right? And I've Tell told... the internet what your first degree was in. <laughs> My first degree was in textile chemistry. Uh, dies and finishes. Right? You're, you're talking to a person who has succeeded in IT despite having nothing more than a high school diploma. Exactly, exactly. Right? So... And, and, you know, my favorite VP at my work, um, mm -hmm. the, the grand poobah of support, <laughs> is um, he, no college degree, really smart guy, but more importantly, he just really cares about the people working for him. He hires yep. really good people. He takes really good care of them, you know, and I'm very pleased we've just finally moved into his organization last month. So I'm oh, very nice. excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully my boss will uh, get a little more clued in being mentored <laughs> by the Grand Poobah, but we'll find out. Well, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, at, yeah. at least that guy at least says thank you. <laughs> so, you know, it's amazing what a thank you will get you in the world. Uh, so much. Yeah. So but much, yeah, especially in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my goal is to just not be poor again. Um, and mm -hmm. that's... I, right, yeah. right. And, and I, I remember saying to, to my older niece, um, who's about to go off to college, mm -hmm. um, I'm really glad that your parents really fought to make sure that you had a great home life, that you had food on mm -hmm. the table. That's great. I mean, that's fantastic. But, you know, hunger is a really good motivator. You uh, yeah. find out what you yeah. want when you're hungry, you know. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And you... And you you know, yeah, toilet, yeah. Yeah. No, when, when... When you can't afford toilet paper, the world narrows to a beautiful starkness... It does. ...that I wish to never experience again. Exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah. I learned really quick when I'm staring at $2 and my choice, you know, to get me food for the rest of the week, how many, how much ramen can that buy? Yeah. And yeah. do I splurge and get a loaf of bread to go with it mm -hmm. for 99 cents? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, that's... 
Yeah. Ideally, yeah. however, we would not have to grow up making such choices. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm a big old socialist for that reason. I think that if you take care of people, you free them to do very good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wouldn't work for a company if, if I didn't need health care. You know, right. I would go do my own consulting, and I think I could I could impact a lot of companies in a very good way and have uh, leave support organizations in better shape <laughs> than I found them. But you're a yeah. big old pre-existing condition. I am. It's I so am, am a woman. Yeah. You're a woman with like how many steel rods in her? I no no no. I don't. I actually don't have any bits of steel. I've had thirty six or thirty eight broken bones. Right, I've had a gallbladder removed at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm prone to kidney stones, you know. Um, my, I'm getting older. Um, fortunately, I'm I'm kind of over the pregnancy hump. I'm not gonna not gonna have to worry about that anytime. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it, you you only ever get older and fall more apart. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't get out of this alive. No, so we might as well have fun doing it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much my my personal goals are. Um, to just have a very comfortable life and help the people I love. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's fantastic. Excellent. So, what else can I do for you? No, that's it. That's it. Thank you very much. Thank you, this dear. Is, uh, um, this is our friend Carlotta. Uh, I will offer her the, um, we do open badges. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the Mozilla open badge standard. Okay. So I actually have, um, if you log on, you can, I will give you the code for okay. the special I was a guest Aww. badge um, that you can then export or whatever to, to your Perfect. favorite badge handling thing. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Thank so, you. You're very welcome. And right. thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Ta-da! We'll, we'll get real music here one of these days. Woo! Woo! Uh, so that was our interview with uh, our friend Carlotta. Uh, thank you, Carlotta, for appearing on the show. You were awesome. Um, and I think it was fascinating listening to to how she keeps uh, the different groups she has to work with uh, kind of working together and in sync and the whole thing organized. Um, I just sat on the couch and drank Japanese rice whiskey. And commented every so often. Oh, yes, that too. Yeah. Um, so I had a letter, and it ties back to what we were talking about a little bit. Um, this is from Chris, uh, Twitter at GeoNaturalist. Dear Kevin, do, do they want their name? It just I'm that's why I'm only doing that much. Okay. Um, okay, dear Kevin, I love productivity alchemy. Thank you for doing this. It has prompted me to start trying different systems and to maintain an active effort to improve my own productivity, which has probably been necessary for oh years. Not gonna lie, that has happened to me more than once. Um, hey, you know me and my mm-hmm. everything is a cult system. Yes. I wanted to reach out with a, to you with a question about the intersection of productivity and mental illness, specifically anxiety. Um, episode one prompted me to try using a basic digital to-do list, which worked for about three hours. <laughs> then the list got so long that my anxiety kicked in at all the pending demands, and I had to actually shut down the software, can't be anxious about it if you can't see it apparently, in order to cope. Uh, have you or Ursula run into anything like this where the productivity tool itself causes a direct problem? Or do any of your upcoming guests have techniques to deal with anxiety of a similar nature? I switched to using OneNote. Not having to see all the reminders at once helps a lot, but it's still missing something, and I'm curious to hear other approaches. Keep up the great work you do with all of the podcasts. I love KUEC and Hidden Almanac and discovered Daft Punk from listening to In the Evening. Ooh, my music podcast. Uh, thank you. And keep exploring things with your unique perspective. It's awesome. Um, 
Wow, I think you're one of six people who listened to In the Evening when I was still able to do it and <laughs> had the time. Um, and I, I just want to say thank you for listening. I miss doing it. I do want to get back to it someday. Sergey the Cat is currently getting comfortable around one of the lamps, so lights flickering. It's a little, a little distracting. Uh, but to your point, um, look, uh, I have a similar problem at work. Um, the one project I'm on, the one that I'm primarily on, uh, is a really big effort. I've been trying to get it organized and moving forward for two years, right? It has, I think, somewhere, I think we just opened ticket number 1100 in the project, right? A lot of these are not done yet. I've had to go back and forth and back and forth to clean things up over and over again because I look at that pile and... I look at all the stuff that needs to be done and I just shut down because yeah, it's a lot. Um, and even if I look at it and go, well, I've got six months to do all of this. Uh, it's still, there's a, there's a part of my hindbrain that goes, you have to get it all done now, 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 now that false sense of urgency. And some of it I can look at it and go, yeah, that's definitely due today. And some of it's like, I'm never going to do this. I don't even know why they're requesting it. But still, when you look at it as a giant list without really parsing it or processing it, it's scary, and I, I I admit to being the kind of person who looks at this huge ta task list and occasionally just going, I cannot cope with this. I need to look at something else for a while. I'm going to um, go play Tetris. Uh, yeah, or yeah. I'm going to go play Two Dots or yeah. Marvel Puzzle Quest or something like that. Dragon Age Inquisition. Yes. Um, the And uh, as I said earlier, um, I... I'm on medication for depression uh, due to a burnout incident several years ago. And I, you know, as someone who talks openly about this, and I don't know what that noise is, Sergei playing with something in the cat sleep shelf. Um, I don't know what he's playing with. You, will you check that while I... Um, so uh, I'm very open about the fact that uh, I'm medicated for depression uh, I'm, I'm medicated for anxiety. Yeah, and I'm starting to look at some of my symptoms and say maybe depression isn't the right thing, and it's something to discuss with my doctor. Um, the problem is depression is the the, and this is not to to belittle depression, it, right. but uh, depression when people heard about it became a catch-all, and anxiety got shoved into it. Depression and anxiety are very often mixed together, so that yes. wasn't as bad as it could be. Right. But every now and then you do get someone. And I am case in point who does not have depression but has anxiety. Yes, I am. I, like I like to say, the weasels eating my brain are very cheerful. That's that's yes, yeah. Um, uh, my my weasels are not. My my brain weasels are are goth and doom and gloom. <laughs> well, I, yes. <laughs> I go into the but that's the thing. I go into the shame spiral. I there's all this work to do and I'm not getting it done. And so I I. You know, I just can't deal with this, but then I'm not getting it done. And why am I not getting it done? Because I need to get it done. And that just builds and compounds and builds and compounds. And I end up eventually breaking and, uh, oh, I don't know, losing my job, weeping in the parking lot, waiting to pick up my kids and getting medication. And again, I still don't right. actually know if that is depression, but it, and I am. It, this is this right. is uh, right. you know, do, take my armchair psychology degree. But this was exactly this was course. 2005. No, no, that's, so, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. The uh, the. My my brief stint where I, I did have depression was a lot of I can't eat and I can't get out of bed. Right. Uh, the I can't do anything without, you know, sobbing. Whereas 
and my coping mechanisms when I had depression were basically curl in fetal position, sleep, and sob. Whereas with anxiety, my coping mechanisms for everything is terrible is work harder, start five new projects, because otherwise I'll die in a ditch outside of Walmart. Right. So, you know, it, it, but... It, yeah. But the solution... And we're getting sidetracked. Right, yes. we're getting sidetracked. The solution to the difficulty with looking at the list and freaking out about the list is kind of exactly what you've done. Um, and that is, don't have a giant list with everything on it. Um, one of the things I like about a weekly planner is I only have to put in, as I'm filling it out or whatever, I only put in the things that have to be done on a certain day, and I only do one week at a time. Um, and if that, you're doing it digitally, also um, would and, and this might not work, but would collapsible tabs work? Um, well, that's one of the things that OneNote gives you. Uh, OneNote lets you basically space out pages and set due dates on different. Basically, OneNote looks and acts like this planner only completely digital. Tabs are top, but you can add pages to the to each of the sections. You can you can do it like you can do a page a day, you can do a page a week. Um, and it's a really good uh, digital alternative to the paper planners that you and I are using. I may have to look into it. Yes, uh, and it's free for Mac, free for Windows. Because um, I would like a digital version to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'll show you some of the neat tricks I know about it with templates so that you can do page layouts like that and have it pre-populated. Um, I can do some cool things in OneNote. We'll have to talk about that on a show, but yeah. I'm just... But the idea is that, uh, and it's very similar to what we do with our, our two-week planning, is we look at everything we need to do and we say, okay, there's no way we can possibly get all this done right now. So let's pick the things that we're going to get done in a very finite amount of time. Here are the 25 things that absolutely, positively have to be done in the next two weeks. 25 sounds like a huge number, but if you're one person, I mean, right. Kevin has a team of how many? Uh, it's, there's uh, four or five of us. I think I've got six people working on this particular two-week stretch, uh, maybe seven, because we've gone outside the team on a couple things. But that's the thing. I've got a bigger team. So it may be, for you personally, it's here are the five things I absolutely, positively need to do this week. And here's the days that I need to do them on. And then the rest are on a dated list or, you know, are sitting on the big monthly calendar with where they need to be done. And you just forget about them until the end of the week or until somebody comes in and says, hey, I need this other thing done. Maybe you have to rejuggle there. But part of the idea is to eat the elephant. And this is a horrible metaphor, I know. Um, but it is one that is used so commonly, and I think it, pretty much everybody understands it. How do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. But you don't eat an elephant by sitting down and just in front of an elephant and hitting it with a spoon. You chop it up first. You chop it up into smaller pieces that you can take on one at a time. I, a, uh, it should be said, mm -hmm. I, um, when I do a Hamster Princess book or one of the other kids' books, I have to do 150 illustrations per book. Right. And if I had, like, a checklist with all 150 illustrations on it and I checked them off when they were done, I would run screaming into the night and you would never see me again. Because, she would be dead in the ditch by the Walmart uh, yes, where the car hit her. Yeah. Uh, because, because just the sight of 150 file names, no, the, 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 I would die. But, so what I do is I mark all of the... Uh, I, I have the whole manuscript in front of me. I mark in, like, red the things that aren't done yet, and then I just go through, and when they're done, I mark them the same as the rest of the manuscripts so that I don't see them right. when I scroll through. And then I just, you know, when I finish a file, I save that into a new thing, and it start. you know, there's, like, one completed illustration. 
But by the end, there's like 140. But what I'm mm-hmm. looking at when it's a really long list is the really long list I have done. Right. So right. not the not the really long list of things you have to do. Maybe maybe it would be helpful to mm-hmm. have a uh, have done list. Uh, and that's yeah, and that's something. Um, you can I, look at it and go, hot damn. I am uh, a yeah, badass. there is a OneNote add-in. Um, I think there's a macro for it in the uh, OneTastic macro set, uh, which I know works on Windows. I don't know about Mac. Um, but it's a whole bunch of macros you can add on to, to OneNote to do funky things. And I think one of them will collect all of your to-do items, the ones that you've already marked off, and will we'll create a list of all the things you've done. Um, so that's a way to look at it from, okay, not just here's all the things I have to do, but look at all the things I did. Yeah. Um, when we look at our team, when we do our, um, like I was talking earlier, we do our retrospective where we go over all the tasks we had assigned, the tasks that came in and what we actually got done. I make sure to, to say, look at all the things we got done. You know, we had, we started with 10, we ended up with 35 needing to be done. We did 25 of those. So don't feel bad that we have 10 undone. So we broke even look at everything we got done because this is all the stuff, the crap that came in and derailed us from getting those last 10 things done. Um, the other thing that, mm-hmm. that, and this may be a crazy writer idea and you can tell me I'm nuts, but if you consider like doing a rough draft of your to-do list, because the thing is when you write a first draft, you're supposed to just blort everything out on the page that you can possibly think oh, of yeah. and the kitchen sink, and then you go through and you edit things. So maybe you just need a first draft of your to-do list, and that's not the important one, but you've just written down everything in a room. Then you go and edit that and pull out other things well, you actually need. I, and that's something kind that's of... That's assuming you could look at it again, which, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah, and that, that follows a lot of um, David Allen's getting things done methodology, which oh, is... Oh, God, I've invented a cult. Nope, nope, you, you have... You have Reinvented s- a cult. You have sidestepped into something that already exists. Um, but one of the things he says is collect. Collect everything. Um, and he, he calls this your inbox. Uh, from back in the days when you did paper inboxes, a lot of people use email or if they're using something like OneNote, they have a save to OneNote button and it goes to a default page called inbox, whatever. Uh, so you collect everything and then you sort it, right? And yeah, there might be a pile of stuff, but you take that, that time twice a day maybe to sort all of those things you've saved that need to be done or need to be filed away that you might want to reference later, but you, there's no action that needs to be done. Um, and we'll do a whole show on getting things done. It is a fascinating process. I want to do um, a show on OneNote now. This sounds fabulous. I've been writing stuff down like a chump, and you've seen what my handwriting looks uh, like. You'll notice that despite all of the software I've used, I'm writing things down like a chump too. So, um, but the, the end result is... Yeah, but you're one of those people who writes poetry longhand. Not in years. Um, the point is, um, when you when you do that that draft, that collection of all the things you need to do, just think of it like that. It's it's a collection. Don't look at it as oh god, I have to get all of this done now. I know that's hard, hard for me too. But to just say okay, I have this big list, so I'm going to take the first ten. And I'm going to just take everything beneath that first 10 and I'm going to shove it off to the next page. So today I'm going to deal with these 10, whether it's schedule them, get them done, whatever. I'm going to do these 10 things. Next day, flip the page, take the next 10 and just spread it out. Um, or take two or take 10 a week. Or yeah, whatever, whatever, with, you know. whatever, whatever uh, is, a, is a, a manageable level, right? Um, 
because my days vary so much between ticket work and meetings I have to take and appointments and things like that, um, I look forward to my Fridays. Friday is the day that I only have two things I need to do. Um, and the first is like my morning meeting with the East Coast team. We do one every morning. Uh, and then it's like 15 minutes long. And then record KUEC. Those are the only two things I have to do on Friday. The rest of the day is for me to be able to focus on my work work, like my day job. And I don't have any of the distractions of meetings. I don't have any distractions of to-do lists. I tend to shove a lot of tasks that need to be done this week into Friday because that's a great time. It's like the only open time I have to really dedicate to something big. Um, and maybe that's just it. Maybe you need to take a look at it and say, okay, here's the hour every day that I'm going to go through my to-do list and just triage, right? Because you've dumped all this stuff down. A week later, maybe you find out you don't need to do X, Y, and Z. Cross them off, throw them out, get them out of there. That, that cycle of triaging regularly, daily, weekly is very cathartic because it, it forces you to sit there and say, do I really need to do this? No. Why do I need to do this? Can somebody else do it? Sure. Does anybody need to do this? No. Um, and it will take some practice and you're going to slip up a couple times. Uh, I slip up regularly on that. Um, but uh, if you even just get into the habit or have a reminder that says, hey, it's 9 a.m. on Monday. It's time to just go through the list and see what we keep and we get rid of. That's fine. You know, it whatever works best for you in that case. We should probably call it there so this isn't the longest episode of... It, no, no, no. Um, but uh, we need a badge code, and so I am going to go with... Um, let's see, what do we want to do? Um, KB Goddess. All one word, all caps, K-B-G-O-D-D-E-S-S. Because Carlotta, at her company, is the knowledge base goddess. Okay. She that's is going fair. to love that code. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's 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 going to be our badge code this week. Um, so thanks for listening. Um, make sure you uh, check out all the open badges we issue at productivityalchemy.com, including the special badge you get for joining the first time. Um, also... Uh, Check out show notes from past shows, and we're working towards that. I'm chugging along to get a Patreon going um, just for this show, and we'll figure it out as we go. So thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week.